Welcome back to Welcome Home, a podcast brought to you by H6 Homes in Orlando, Florida. Episode 8 dives into the Fair Housing Act, a law that determines what sellers can say to clients. Tune in to learn more about the seven protected classes and why realtors typically provide vague answers to be in compliance with this landmark law. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the H6 Homes Welcome Home Podcast. My name is Eric Mieles. I'm joined today with my business partner, co-host, and friend, Alex Vasquez. Eric, how you doing, man? Yeah, I'm doing good. A lot going on. It's a new, fresh week, and uh, I'm excited. Absolutely. So am I. It's been been busy. I'm glad. I'm glad we're able to get some time in here. Yeah, me too. Me too. We're having some good discussions on real estate and uh, really looking forward to bringing forth a great episode today. Yeah. I kind of wanted to get right into something that I I perceive it as a myth, but I, I love your opinion on this, okay? Sure. And, and I also think it depends on who we're speaking and, and what type of answer we're going to get. But hear me out. Um, so when... A buyer or and or seller is interviewing a real estate agent. I was considering what are questions that, for instance, a buyer should ask a real estate agent in order to properly vet that agent before ultimately hiring them. Okay. Okay. And one of the questions I had that a buyer should ask a potential agent is how many transactions they've sold. And there is a myth going around, predominantly, I laugh possibly from the real estate agent community Mm -hmm. because they may not have uh, the transactional count that they feel deem acceptable, quote unquote, which there's no such thing as that. But nevertheless, I I digress. The point is, does that matter? Does the amount of transactions when a buyer is interviewing a realtor matter or should it matter? So that's a good question. My belief is probably both. Yes, it matters when you want experience, when you want to know um, that the agent that you're choosing to work with really, really, really um, wants to know that they're working with someone that has a lot of experience in the market. However, I will, and and I know you're probably not ready for this one, but (laughs) I think that when a new agent starts, you have two benefits of a new agent. They don't have any other business, and so... They're fresh, either fresh out of school, and so they've got a lot of, a lot of the knowledge in their head, and they're very, very uh, cautious about making mistakes, number one. And number two, they are not busy with other clients, so they're going to they're give you their full, full, full attention. And so those are two benefits of uh, having an agent that's new, that, and that's why I say no. However, the majority of the transactions, you want to know that there is a person on the other side of the table that is working hand-in-hand hand with you to get you to the end result that has a lot of experience in the industry, that has been through the um, ins and outs of our industry, and can navigate you through this long process that has so many pitfalls um, and so many situations that can arise. So probably I'm going to say yes, it does matter, but no, it doesn't in the beginning uh, where you're just trying to get someone that really is going to work hard for you. So I, I want to say yes and no. Um, I hope I didn't confuse you because I just want to. I just don't want to be unfair to the new agent um, that's in our industry because everyone needs a break, right? Everyone needs a starting point, and I did when I first started. And I know that when I first started in this industry, I ran into that a lot. Well, how many how many deals have you done? 
and I can't lie, right? I have to say either no or one or five. And so I would hope that that wouldn't deter a buyer or seller from working with me because there was no way that I was going to do anything wrong for that buyer or seller. I was going to work harder than ever because I knew my reputation and their their money and their their experience depended on what I did in this transaction. So I don't want to be unfair by saying, um, you know, new agents don't have any experience and don't know. But I do think it, it is also important to probably where you're going to go right now and, and, yes, work with someone that is a, an experienced, seasoned agent. It's interesting. So so I, I agree with a lot of what you said. So first off, uh, I don't I agree. I don't want to sit on a high horse because we've been doing this for years and we have hundreds of transactions um, that back our experience. And I don't want to sit on a high horse and say that's the only thing you should look for. Right. I agree because there's new agents out there that are focused, determined, ready, willing, and able, and want to give their all, 150%. Here's the caveat to that. And again, everything that I'm saying here is to the benefit of buyers doing a proper interview and screening process. And please note to the audience listening, the reason why I'm so passionate about that is because buyers, the majority of them, don't do any vetting whatsoever. That's correct. They jump straight in from thought about buying a house to downloading the Zillow app, to driving neighborhoods, to talking to coworkers, friends, and family, and then starting to see homes. And they never went through a formal step-by-step process, nor did they employ any interviewing tactics and questions to find the right realtor for their particular needs. Correct. Right? Yep. And so, so the caveat is, if you're going to do this properly, And you're going to ask questions. And if the answer from that agent is none, you would be my first client, right? Then I think there should be another set of questions asked to determine what that agent's going to do to mitigate their lack of experience. A, do they have a mentor backing them? Are they a brokerage that supports them? Are they going to give all the time and attention to that buyer since they don't have any other past transactions? I mean, there's a series of things, if that's the answer, that should also come in my opinion you're right? absolutely right um and maybe you know maybe this is something we're, we're, we're actually learning here as we're talking maybe this is something that we should do um and, and put together a series of questions and, and you know maybe have that available um to help our newer agents too to to be able to pass those sure. those um interviews because you're absolutely right if you sit down with a brand new agent um, that hasn't had the experience or, you know, maybe has a, a full-time job and they just do this on Friday, Saturday, Sundays because they want some extra money, there are a whole set of questions that you should ask to follow up. Sure. And if those answers are not correct, then, yeah, absolutely, you got to move on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Because at the end of the day, this is probably one of the biggest transactions you're going to do. Right. And so you meet, you need to make sure that whoever is representing you and walking you through that process is knowledgeable and has your best interests involved. Sure. Agreed. Agreed. Um, because, again, I can go on and on, right? But there's a lot of new agents that don't have the right intentions. Absolutely. They're right? working for that check. Correct. And so you need to determine and screen that out. That's my biggest concern, right? And and and, and vice versa. There's a lot of agents that have hundreds of transactions that don't have great intentions either. Right. So the point of the matter is that an interview-based question format for you the home buyer and selecting the right representation is vital to your success, in my opinion. 100%. Cool. Yeah.
The Welcome Home Podcast is sponsored by H6 Homes, innovative thought leaders in the residential real estate industry. Check out h6homes.com to learn more. So let's flow into topic of the day. Yeah, you got an interesting one today, huh? I think so. It's one that really isn't discussed that much. And I don't think the majority of buyers and sellers out there really even either consider it or know it exists, to be quite honest with you. Right. We as agents do, as and I, and I would say the majority of our peers who are top of their game and good ethical agents also know this, right? Mm-hmm. And so here's the question. Things that we can and can't say to our clients, our buyers and sellers, right? right? So when we're with a buyer and we're seeing a house, generally, if they're interested in the home, they're asking questions such as, what school zone is this home in? Right. Is this a good neighborhood? Mm-hmm. Um. Let's just take, for example, someone that may have a handicap and says um, that home is on the second. F- there's a, it's a two story home. And the agent says, well, this one won't work for you then. Mm-hmm. Right. My, my point is there's these questions that clients ask that sometimes will receive a vague answer. Correct. <laughs> and. The reason why that answer is vague is because us as real estate professionals are bound by a law enacted in 1968 called the Fair Housing Act. Correct. Right? Correct. Yes. Okay. And this Fair Housing Act has been built to provide equal opportunity and equal access to all. And believe it or not, there is protected classes in what we do that we have to be very cautious in how we respond to these questions, okay? I'll give you real quick the seven protected classes. They are race, color, origin, religion, sex, handicap, and family status, family status. Familiar status, yeah. Yep, okay. And so this is interesting because you, when you're working with a seller Mm -hmm. and you are prepping this listing to bring forth to the market. You start to do your process and you have a write-up because that home is going to be syndicated to all the public websites and the online marketing. Um, how do you navigate? What is your process to determine you know, what you can and can't say? To tell, tell us a little bit about how you handle that. Right. So, well, first I want to say, you know, thank God I've never really had a seller that has told me you can't show my property to X, Y, or Z mm-hmm. person um, because, number one, I wouldn't work with them. Sure. Um, number two, when we write up a, a, a marketing uh, remarks or a, or a information about the house, I'm not the normal agent that says, oh, look at this great house, four-bedroom, two-bath on a you know, quarter acre, and it's 1,500 square feet. I don't do that. I go and I tell a story about a home. And so the story that I create about this home is more of an emotional walkthrough of this home and has nothing to do with any of those protected classes that you mentioned in the Fair Housing Act. And so when I write up my write-up on a home, that's my, my goal is to address what could be 
in this home and paint a picture for whoever is going to purchase this home. Um, and so that's, that's the way I do it. Now, I will tell you that if um, I were to write something in there, which I wouldn't, but if I were to write something in there that was not in uh, compliance with that Fair Housing Act, the actual the MLS will flag it most of the time and kick it back to you. You have to adjust this wording or whatever it may be. And so, again, thank God I, I don't operate on, on that level. I've never had to deal with a seller that has ever told me to operate on that level. Mm-hmm. But I don't, um, I don't believe that you should be writing certain details about a house that address any of those because none of those items that you talked about really have anything to do with the sale of a home. Let, let's use a quick example. Sure. We know last couple of years there's been some issues in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And we know that lots of people who live in Puerto Rico have very close family here in Central Florida. Yep. And there's a lot of transition that's happening through these last couple of years. Yep. You mean to tell me if you get a home listed and you know that it would be marketed well to Puerto Ricans coming to Orlando, could you add the verbiage, this home would fit perfect for you, this area of town is going to make you feel right at home, you'll love it? So the answer is no. <laughs> of course not. And, and <laughs> of course not. I want, I want to, I just want to say, um, without mentioning any names, sure, right? of course. I moved here um, a little over 15 years ago mm-hmm. from Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and I was because I worked for a company that had a, a, a relocation agreement set with, with an agency, and I was assigned an agent. And believe it or not, I, you know, not pointing any fingers. Or sure, of course it, not. Yeah. But that agent actually did that to me. Whether he did it, I, I don't think it was done maliciously. Mm-hmm. I just think it was he was trying to connect with me and say, hey, listen, I know an area that you're going to love. And so I, that was actually done to me. In that moment, I didn't know what was happening right? because I wasn't educated on this point, which is why we're sitting here today, right, and educating the people that are listening to us. But that was actually done to me. I moved from Puerto Rico. Hey, you're from Puerto Rico. You'd really love it here. And so, um, no, I would never do that. Um, I'm very cautious about things like that. And, and I would, um, you know, I do work the buyer side of the, of the transaction a couple of times. And any time that I've been addressed questions like that, I always refer them back to um, certain areas that where they can do their own research uh-huh. because I will not engage in that um, behavior, nor will you. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I hope that answers your questions for it the does. seller side. For the seller side, it's a little different because most sellers, um, I don't think, would ever say, don't show my house to X, Y, or Z. Sure, sure. Or, or, or for the very, you know, a seller could, which, which we, we've, thank God we've never had this issue, and, and I agree with you, but a seller could say, hey, I want my harm, my home marketed to XYZ group or this area predominantly um, has this group of people and I want my home marketed only to them. We, it just is unacceptable. Yeah, unacceptable. We, we can't do it. And um, in fact, I mean, you know, it's a law. Steering mm-hmm. is, is a law. And you were essentially steered to a particular area in town. And, and it, it's, it's unacceptable. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely, and it, it, it shouldn't happen. It won't happen from us. Um, and, and yeah, I will tell you, though, some things that have come up in the past that kind of talk about this are 
depending on the age of the home, right? So now there are codes. When you build homes, there's codes. And in the code, um, it addresses now the width of a door frame with inside the home to get into the home. And that is because of handicap accessibility, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, older homes didn't have that code. And so I have on the sell seller side, representing the seller, I have had homes that were built years ago, very old homes, and the door frames are not wide enough mm -hmm. for handicap, handicap accessibility. And to be honest, I think that's happened to me two or three times. And those two or three sellers have been ready, willing, and able to make the adjustments needed. for those right. buyers should that buyer right. need it. Sure. And we actually sold one home um, to a very good client of ours who is a repeat client that we, we actually represented him on the purchase side. Mm -hmm. In our contract, we requested that the current owner of the home make certain adjustments to doorways, yep. and that seller was on board yep. and, and made the adjustments, and it was a, a really great transaction. Absolutely. Remember that. Let me take a second and address it from the buyer's side because here's the – not that it's a dilemma, but – something that we face. So we're out with buyers and let's say it's our first showing. And so you're always working to build a tighter, better relationship with your client. That's the goal. We represent you. And if we're, you know, there's this path through, through meeting, through a referral, a friend, and then they uh, select to hire you. And then you, you go out and about and, and start seeing houses. And when you're out and about start seeing houses and they say a normal question to them, well, what school zone is this? Is it good? Mm -hmm. Is this a good neighborhood? What type of crime activities there? And, Those are the top two. Right. And now I'm faced with saying, unfortunately, I can't give you those direct answers because I'm bound by Fair Housing Act as a licensed real estate professional. Right. And at the same time, not offending them or making it seem like I don't want to be of value and of help to them. Right. And to your point, what you were saying is that's why there are clear places online that the workaround with this is you direct them to seek and get that information on their own right? so that they can be educated on this particular neighborhood and all the questions they have regarding that. Correct. Right? Yeah. And I, I think, to be quite honest, it's probably even better that they did that on their own. straight to the source, right? right. So if right. you're interested in finding about finding out about crime in a certain area, go straight to the police department. Right. Who's better to give you that information? I'm not. You're sure. not. Sure. Um, school zones. Go straight to, if you're in Orange County, Osceola County, whatever county you're in, go straight to the county website sure. and look up the grades. I mean, who better to give you that information than directly from the source? Sure. You know? Yep. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I agree. And uh, I think it's interesting. You know, it's 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 such a topic, like I said, that I don't think is discussed enough. And with our goal of bringing forth credible, unbiased, transparent information to the public, um, that's 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 the goal of this podcast. We want to bring about these things that should be discussed more openly so that there's an understanding and we can bridge the gap between our community homeowners potential home buyers and the realtor community in what we do and create more transparency. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, like you just said, our, our goal is to give it clear unveil and give it to the, to the people that really are, are wanting to know about our industry. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, listen, tell everybody how they can get a hold of you. 
You can get a hold of me on my cell phone, 321-443-3483, email at alexvaz001 at gmail.com. Um, social media, alexvaz001 on Instagram. Facebook, it's my name, Alex Vasquez. Uh, our website, H6 Homes. There's a, man, there's so many ways you can get a hold of us, right? Yes, and you can call me direct, 407-383-2189. Uh, look up Eric Mieles on any of the social networks. You'll find me. Say hello, connect, and hope we can bring um, more value to your real estate goals. Really appreciate everyone for listening to this episode. Thank you, Alex, as always. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a good one. Take well, care. You always have me. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Welcome Home, a podcast by H6 Homes in Orlando, Florida. We hope you enjoyed the information about the Fair Housing Act. For more information, visit h6homes.com and follow them on social media at H6 Homes. Tune in next time for more real estate info.